With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. choice of two different men that I can choose from. Right. 
and um, the one I've been with for two years, um, well, it hasn't really been that good of a relationship. But he's getting a car so soon. That's uh, that's part of the reason why we haven't um, been able to spend a lot of time together is because he had um, procrastinated on getting a car. Okay. And so I was going to see what's going to be happening with him, upcoming with him. He's a Libra. Okay. Um, You know, generally, um, I just want to say that astrology doesn't necessarily uh, answer a specific question like that about, like, someone else without having all of his birth information as well. I can see from your chart that you do have... You know, I think the relationship, okay, because you have Venus at 10 degrees Cancer, and that's a real hot spot right now. All the cardinal signs, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 degrees, are considered very hot because Uranus is in Aries at 10 degrees, and Pluto is in Capricorn at 10 degrees. So you do have a lot of action um, in your love life right now, and you're saying there are two people. The the person that you're more likely to end up with and the one that's probably going to be the more lasting situation is the one that's a bit more intense, the person who's probably a bit more like the Pluto person, ra- rather than the person who's more um, free-spirited and the more the, the, the Uranian person, that person is going to be a little bit more undependable, a little bit more unreliable. Or right now, it could seem you could seem very smitten or very taken by someone because of the newness. That relationship is less likely to last because Uranus is like a sort of brings an energy in very quickly and then takes it out very quickly as well. Whereas the other relationship at least has the possibility of being more. Uh, something that you're accustomed to because you have Moon in Scorpio. So Pluto in opposition to your Venus, I think, is the transit that I would focus on. And I would say that person who's more Plutonic, he's more powerful, uh, maybe a little more mysterious, maybe a little more wounded. He could be a bit controlling, but hopefully, you know, because you have Moon in Scorpio, you'll understand that and you'll be able to help him. Uh, you know, not be too controlling with you. That person is more likely to be the relationship that's going to emerge after this very, you know, changeable time period that you're going through regarding your love life. Okay. Did that does that make any sense to you? It does. And I was wanting to ask, um, what? Okay, the degrees in astrology. I don't. I'm. Haven't been able to find any information or understand what do the different degrees in astrology mean, like eight, nine, ten, and so on. And that. yeah, I can explain that to you. Um, what it each each you know the the chart is divided up like a circle. Like if you drew a giant circle around the Earth, it would be a circle, right? And a circle has three hundred and sixty degrees, right? Right, right. And there are twelve signs, so each sign gets thirty degrees. And right. so there is some math involved in um, in astrology and being able to do it properly. You need to be able to understand that, you know, um, the, the chart is divided up that way into 12 signs that each have 30 degrees. So what it particularly tells me is, let's say, like, harmonics. That's my best way of answering that. It's like the the, the notes on a piano. And so... 
the no matter which sign you're in, if you're on like the sixth note or the twelfth note, there's some kind of relationship even with the other signs. Okay. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So when I say you have Venus in Cancer at ten degrees, that means that when another planet is potentially, let's just for the sake just be general, at ten degrees of another sign it has the possibility of making a harmonic relationship because it's at the same degree. So it's making the same harmonic um, energy. And what do you mean by harmonic? Like harmony? Well, like like if you played a, a, a C note on a piano or you played a C note on a violin, they they would they would sound similar. The the the, the note C sounds similar no matter what instrument, even if you're playing it on a flute. So it, that's, that's, that's what I mean. In astrology, um, we look at that harmonic relationship, the way that the planets where they are now are resonating or harmonizing with, the way, with where they were when you were born. So astrology is about comparing the planets in their present position with the position that they were in when you were born because they're constantly changing. Okay. Okay? Does that make sense? All right. I'm going to start my show and do my Global Energy Minute, but I saw you were holding and I totally wanted to pick up and surprise you and do your reading right off the bat, and I bet it surprised a lot of people and I bet it's going to surprise my archive listeners. So... um, (laughs) I'm going to go begin the show, and it's good to talk to you. All right. Thank you. I'll listen You're in. welcome, Danielle. Okay. So, um, yes, don't normally start the show off by going straight to the switchboard, and I felt like doing that tonight. Once again, thanks for hanging in there with me from last week. <clears throat> I barely had any voice, and tonight I'm feeling strong. So, Global Energy Minute, very interesting when I opened it up. The first thing that really jumped out at me was that Mercury and Mars are conjunct right now. They're both at four and a half degrees Pisces. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting because if we have any sense of initiative and a desire to communicate that, like go in and be able to contact inner guides or do a dream journal or do some automatic writing, which is where you just sit down and start writing, but you don't really think about what you're writing. You just start writing whatever words come into your mind and you allow spirit to communicate through you. Those two planets, Mercury and Mars, are conjunct exactly, but they're also two degrees away from Neptune. And the possibility of accessing I think all kinds of psychic and and sort of otherworldly phenomenon are really heightened right now. So um, pay attention to your dreams at the very least. Try to wake up in the morning and write a dream down um, before you forget it. Give yourself that that extra special, you know, message as you're falling asleep tonight. Try and remember your dreams. You know, say that to yourself before you fall asleep. Awesome. You wake up in the morning with really something like a real pearl of wisdom from your unconscious. Um, The sun is at 19 degrees Aquarius. Lovely. Venus is also in Aquarius. Super lovely. So loving friendships, relationships with friends are really nice, really loving right now. Moons in Capricorn, nothing much to say about that because it's not really in any particular, you know, place, except for the fact that 
couple of days from now, moon will be in Aquarius. We'll be having a new moon, new moon in Aquarius. Welcome to the reestablishment of your ideals. Aquarius is about friends and groups and communities, but those things, the friends we keep, are a reflection of what it is that we value as far as our ideals. So you want to be able to do a little something on that new moon. Make sure that you're that you connect at least with one friend on Saturday at some point. Don't forget it. Um, Jupiter in Gemini. Oh, the fun just keeps going on, and it's going to until summer because Jupiter is gonna. Uh, even though it's direct right now, it's moving very slowly, and it is going to plow through Gemini on its way into the new sign Cancer sometime over the summer. Saturn, oh, going oh so slowly in the 11th degree of Scorpio, getting ready to retrograde any day now. For those of you who are born anywhere around the um, uh, 11, about the 4th or 5th, of uh, May or November or uh, February, uh, right right around now, or uh, also uh, in August. Uh, this is a particularly difficult time for you right now. So those people who are in the early part or, or right around the 11th degree of the fixed signs, uh, very difficult. Also, those people who were born in 1961 are having Saturn conjunct your Neptune. So if you're going through some confusing times, if your health hasn't been feeling very good, um, you know, well, you know, detox a little because Saturn Neptune is telling you to get rid of the gunk. And uh, the Uranus Pluto square is as wide as it's been in two years. It's five degrees apart. Thank God we're not going to see any real crises or uprisings for a little while. And that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig. Back to the show. We are going to be looking at the third house. And um, the third house is very important because it's the establishment of our opinions and um, the way in which we develop an understanding or a belief system which comes from our values. <clears throat> it's very interesting because it's uh, the house of teaching and learning, <clears throat> sorry, and um, also uh, it represents a certain part of the way in which we talk and communicate, but it represents learning at a really fundamental level, not, say, higher learning. The third house represents school-age learning up through high school, basically, and then college and postgraduate work, and then Anything we learn as an adult, if we take any kinds of classes, those are all about the ninth house. So the third house is um, is about learning. And so I thought this very interesting as I was pondering our um, <clears throat> discussion tonight. And I was thinking about how what we read and what we absorb and the learning that we do contributes to the belief systems and the opinions that we have, which is the third. So, for instance, family is very important. Brothers and sisters, if we have them, are very important because they're a part of our immediate learning experience as children and part of the values that we have comes from our exposure to them and part of the belief systems and opinions that we develop come from our exposure to them and what it is that they've been exposed to. Then it transfers over to school 
and the school system that our parents actually decide to put us into also adds a whole layer of what it is that we will learn and the way in which we will develop an opinion based on what it is that we've learned. You find that people who have uh, a lot of planets in the third house, I happen to have two planets in the third house, including Saturn, uh, but also Jupiter, um, they like to read, write, study, learn, talk, communicate, pretty much no matter what sign. Even in my practice when I've seen people who have Pisces in the third house, like uh, some planet in Pisces, Yes, they might be communicating. That's that word about, you know, the third. It's a key word for the third, communication. Even though they might be communicating maybe in a more artistic way, like through music or painting or something like that, because Pisces is a lot less verbal, you'll still find that those people with planets in the third, even if they're less verbal people, are still well-educated in the sense of language, the use of language, and the way in which they communicate using language. So I think it's interesting to note, and I have some real personal people in my life who have planets in in the third, including my partner, my father, um, some several close friends, um, but, you know, family members for sure, which is very close. Um, <clears throat> those people... They love to read. They love to inform themselves in a certain way. They like language. They like words. They're very um, interested in the way in, in in the way in which words form meaning, and the way in which words can be used to make humor. Third house is also an interesting part because part of the belief system that we have about life develops our sense of humor of life. You know, if 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 we if we see life a certain way, that establishes our humor. If if we don't see life a certain way, we don't think those things are funny. You, know, you can just look at the political spectrum and say, well, there's belief systems there. But it's it's interesting that opposing political belief systems hardly ever laugh at the same thing. You know, they're laughing basically at each other because they don't understand that other belief system, and it's something that they don't believe in, so it becomes a part of their humor. So it's interesting that our belief systems also gear or skew the way in which we see um, humor in life. And um, humor is developed through an understanding of language and the development of an opinion. So basically, as children, when we're moving through these houses, we've developed an identity in the first, and then the who we are in life is basically what sets the tone for our values, which is the second house. But what it is that we value then steers our beliefs and opinions to uh, a level that creates the interactions that we have with siblings, with um, with neighbors and with people who are in, say, a school system environment. So it's it it begins like always with the sense of self, and then echoes out from there as we develop a greater and greater sense of the use of language, because language is part of the way that we develop the opinions that we have and the way in which we understand concepts until we really start begin until we really start to begin 
to grasp and understand language, it's difficult for us to be able to follow a concept, you know, any kind of concept. Uh, I have a, a, a young child, and, you know, describing, you can't describe to that child, you know, why it rains or anything like that until we get to a point where there's language and we can start to convey processes that are going on. And the same thing, it doesn't only have to be a scientific example, it can be something that develops around an opinion. Uh, as we were talking, I was talking about gender differentiation with a client and the use of language and opinion and how, um, you know, a little boy might go out into the yard and come in with a really uh, heavy rock, uh, carrying a rock from the garden, and the parents might be like, wow, good boy, you know, that was that's very strong, you're very strong, you know. Well, at the point where the boy understands that language, he develops the belief system that it's good for him based on those values, right, the values that he learns. It's good for him because he understands the language to be strong or carry a rock. The little girl, I know this is a side conversation, but it's it's still interesting to me. The little girl can carry the same rock into the house, and the parents might be like, oh, my God, put that down. You're getting your dress dirty. Well, she develops the opinion that it's not good for her to carry the rock because it somehow is, um, you know, disturbing her appearance. These things... Um, which begin with language, and we're going to be talking about the fourth house next week, develop the emotional impact. That's the fourth. So the words that are used are then used to create an emotional impact on us from a very young age. And we continue through life to you know, carry that with us. As we become older... We read perhaps our own material, we develop our own opinions, we certainly encounter people in our lives, we come in contact with, with strangers who become friends or acquaintances or colleagues, and those people continue then to influence and uh, steer <clears throat> the opinion that, uh, you know, the opinions that we have of ourselves and the world around us. So there's an, there's an idea there that the development of language um, creates an understanding. That's really the place where we are tonight. I know I kind <clears> of <throat> moved ahead a little bit and talked about how that, that understanding is then used to create an emotional response. But for right now, it's about an understanding. And it's interesting about people that we really do want to understand things, something, even if it's, you know, fairly simple. You don't have to be an intellectual to have a curiosity about something or want to understand something. Um, you know, it can be from the most simple to the most complex but there's an innate curiosity, and curiosity kind of goes with the air signs as well, and it certainly fits in with Gemini and the third house. Third house is the natural house of Gemini. So a lot of the energy we've been talking about tonight is Gemini energy, but it's different when you're talking about um, Gemini the sign and the way that it might, you know, contribute to human personality and the way that it's reflected in the house, the house discussion. 
the signs are different, and I've had shows about the signs before when I first started the um, the, uh, the whole show way back when we did the twelve signs, and um, the Gemini in personality makes people curious, and so that's the energy that we might find in the third house in a different way. It's not I'm not talking about curiosity as a human personality thing, but the fact that curiosity itself is a part of what causes us to want to understand something better. And that language is what's used for that deeper understanding. <clears throat> I think it's a, a good conversation because the third is the beginning of the intellect. The third is the beginning of the understanding. It's the child realizes that it has an identity before it even realizes that it has a body, which is the second house. And then before it even realizes that it can see and hear and taste, it has a, a sense that it's in the world. That's our birth moment, the I am. You know, I am, I am here. And it's much different than, than say, being, you know, still inside your mother where you're not an individual entity and your consciousness surrounding your individual reality has not been set in place. So first we have this uh, this identity, this notion that all of a sudden we exist um, because we're breathing on our own. And um, then we develop an, a sense that, oh, I can see, I can taste, I can hear things. You know, our senses become enlivened. And then roughly right around a year and a half, perhaps a little bit earlier, the third house kicks in and language becomes a part of the way in which we use our senses to be able to express what it is that we value by getting a grasp of language. And I think it is interesting to see particularly what children uh, might <coughs> might say for their first words because those are things that either their parents value that their parents are exposing them to or that they perhaps innately um, are drawn to or are connected to uh, and are revealing something about their personality it's pretty good <coughs> sorry Talking, talking, talking. <coughs> if anyone would like a reading, you can call in. Switchboard's a little light tonight. This always happens when I post the show, like a few hours before I'm ready to go on, on, on live. But that did happen because this week has been so busy because last week was uh, a little messed up because I wasn't feeling good. So this week, I wanted to do the show tonight, and I didn't get around to posting it until just a couple hours ago. Anyway, no excuses, but usually when I post it on Tuesday, <coughs> the live callers and the switchboard is more busy, so I have to remember to do that. Um, for those of you who are going to be in Los Angeles this weekend, I'm going to be at the uh, Whole Life Expo at LAX. It's a sort of new agey um whole life expo um where you can meet 
different people who do different things. It's not only people who do astrology or other kinds of readers. Um, it's people who also do sell things, and there are book vendors, and there's food, and there's music. And it actually, it's really nice. It's the whole three days, Friday afternoon, Saturday, and Sunday at the Los Angeles um, uh, Hilton at, at LAX. So... Um, the um like I said, the, for those people who are local or who are in the area and want to swing by there, I'll be at table T one. Um a little bit more about the third. It just reminds me of a vast warehouse of information that's available to us. If you think about how much there is to actually learn of an amazing thing when human beings um, really started writing things down. That's a long time ago, and I have talked about this before because I know some some of my students, and certainly some people find this interesting. You know, we talk about the age of Aquarius, and ages last about uh, 2,000 years, <clears throat> and... Um, Right now we're in the age of Aquarius. It's very clear that we're into there because it's all about communication, mass communication. Um, eventually it's going to be about brotherhood and universal truth and things like that and human beings living more in peace. It does take us a few years to get there, but we're at least working on it. And what we saw in that, like, you know, a Vietnam era uh, when there was like, you know, flower children and peace and all of that and, you know, everyone was talking about peace and brotherhood and getting along and it wasn't so materialistic and we weren't so afraid of all of, of you know, of hoarding and greed. I don't think have changed, right, in the last 50 years. It just becomes so much more universally greedy, it seems. But anyway, tangent. Um, Age of Aquarius is about universal brotherhood, sisterhood. And the age we left behind, that we're actually leaving behind, although we're really living through the the, uh, the end of that age, is the age of Pisces, which was about a selflessness. You know, Jesus came at that time, he turned the other cheek, he was a martyr, he died for supposedly everybody's sins and all of that stuff. And But he taught a selflessness, you know, a selflessness like lend a hand or... Uh, do unto others, you know, that kind of thing was very Piscean. And if we look back beyond that, we see the age of Aries, which is very interesting because it's about Iron Age culture and, you know, the development of, you know, uh, warrior, very the masculinization of glo the globe, really became more evident. That would have been 2000 B.C. If we go to 4000 B.C., we have the age of Taurus, which is really interesting because that was like Minoan culture, Crete, you know, the stories of the bull and the labyrinth, but it was all about agriculture and working the land. And if we go beyond, back before that, which goes roughly, you know, between 4000 B.C. and 6000 B.C., that's the age of Gemini, and it was when we actually first started writing things down instead of just handing things down um, 
you know, word of mouth and all of that, we all of a sudden really developed language and written, the written language. So you, you see that the third house is about sharing information because it's about exchanging information because it's also about talking. So it's about talking and teaching. And there's a fundamental exchange that goes on between all human beings when we get together and we have a conversation. It's one reason why we love to talk so much. And if you listen to any of my shows, you know that I can talk, 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 talk. I just sit for one second something else comes in my mind to say. But the third house is that. It's that natural proclivity that human beings have for conversation and wanting to talk with each other. You have to go back a long, long, long way, obviously, before we couldn't talk. But um, you go back one more set of 2,000 years to like minus 8,000, and you end up back really in patriarchal society, a matriarchal society because you end up with the age of cancer, which would have been very much a maternal and maternally dominated time when women were revered. You end up looking at things like the Venus of Willendorf and, you know, all of those little goddesses that come, you know, prehistoric figurines of females and how how the, the, the goddess was worshipped as a deity because, anyway, that's another tangent, but that the the maternal nature and as we struggled to get through that led us back to the development of language because women as storytellers and as medicine women they were carrying vast amounts of information that then needed to be transcribed over a period of you know that 2000 years they realized that um there was more information than could be just told or memorized by a tribe and we needed to be able to go and look that information up. Well, lo and behold now, we're so many thousands of years later, and we're in an air sign again. We're in Aquarius, which also has to do with the distribution of information, because it has to do with thinking at a higher level, Aquarian thinking. So the 11th house is the 11th. We won't get there for a few more weeks. But it is connected to the 3rd. And we see that we go from the written word and talking to the way in which we mass communicate with each other from what would have been at that time a tribal leader sitting down and giving a talk to a whole group of people or someone writing something down. And then that thing being written can then be distributed and communicated to a larger group of people because they're all capable of reading it. And not only that, it transcends our own deaths. So what's written can be read after we're gone. So we actually don't have to be here to tell the stories as long as we've learned to communicate in the language that we speak. Again, even if it's in a Piscean way and we're and we're we're communicating with art. So that's actually my talk on the third. I don't have really too many more people or anybody right now on the switchboard. There was one other person, but I see that they they left. They didn't want to wait around um for me. So um 
guess there isn't much else for me to talk about unless anybody in my chat room wants to stimulate conversation with me. I am going to be signing off. <laughs> anybody? Going once? Going twice? Well, ah, here we go. Yeah, there's always more to say, right? There's always more to say. I can always say more about about anything, you know, talking about communication. I love it. I learn a lot. I learn a lot just from the people that I do readings with, you know. I learn from listening to individual stories. There's always some, you know, bit of wisdom, I guess, for lack of a better word, or or insight or clarity that I'm potentially able to provide to somebody that comes in for a reading. I know that for sure. Um, you know, I can see that in the feedback that I get. But that's also very ninth house, which is the opposite of the third. And that's coming from <clears throat> actually listening to what it is that someone has to say. It's about taking in that information and processing it for them at a higher level. So we do that when we listen. Remember, I started off the show by saying that Mercury and Mars were in um, were in uh, Mercury and Mars were in Pisces right now in a conjunction, and that if we were able to really listen to ourselves, we would be able to get a clear message and maybe some clarity and wisdom. Uh, from ourselves at any time tonight. You know, as I said, that the dream time would be a great time to access that information. But just sitting, journaling, listening, writing, being, uh, you know, a part of your own uh, presence, I think that that's um, something that can give you tremendous insight at this time. And also with that conjunction to Neptune, the access is very, very deep. <clears throat> I feel certain that tonight I'm going to be telling myself to remember my dreams. We'll leave you tonight with Nick Drake and Pink Moon. This is Dr. Craig. It's always lovely to be here with you. I'll see you here next Thursday, 8 p.m. Pacific. Good night.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 